You're listening to the Sheep Spot Podcast, a show for hand spinners about making yarns we love. Hello there, my darling sheep spotters. Welcome to episode 61 of the Sheep Spot Podcast. I'm Sasha from Sheepspot.com, where we are laser-focused on helping you make yarns you love with beautiful fibers and top-notch instruction. Today, I've got five tips that will help you stay happy and healthy when spinning for a big project and help you wind up with the most consistent yarn possible. Before I dive into the tips, I want to tell you about a really great resource on spinning for big projects. That is Abby Frankemont's video, Get More Spun, Part 1. It's available from Craft Daily. I will put a link to it in the show notes. And the thing I love about this video is that Abby emphasizes over and over again that spinning for a substantial project like a sweater is something that even fairly new spinners can do. And she really walks you step by step through her process of sampling, swatching, measuring her yarn, figuring out how much fiber she'll need. And she even teaches you how to estimate how long a big project will take to spin. It will make a great addition to your spinner's library, and I highly recommend it. This week, though, I'm not going to review Abby's video in detail. Instead, I'm going to tell you about the five things that I think are most important to keep in mind when you're spinning a lot of the same yarn. These are things that I've learned, some of them the hard way, and I'll get into that, and that I've been thinking about again and again as I get going on the spinning for Via Yanta. So here we go. Tip number one, it's about the fabric, not the yarn. So often when we're spinning, we get so caught up in what our hand spun is like that we don't pay enough attention to the fabric we want to make. So here's a little story from my spinning past. Years ago, I brought I bought a brown Corydale fleece at Maryland Sheep and Wool, and I had it processed at Morrow Fleece Works. It was a lovely fleece, and as usual, Morrow Fleece Works did a lovely job of processing it. And the plan was that I was going to spin it and knit a sweater for Matthew with it. I was planning to use a pattern from Ann Budd's Knitter's Handy Book of Sweater Patterns, which if you don't know about this book, it's really super useful. Um, so if you if you know her, she has a whole series of these nitty, Knitter's Handy Book of blank um, books, and there's one for socks. Um there, which is really useful, and I still use it a lot. Um, and then there are a couple for, for sweater patterns. Um, there's one just for regular old sweater patterns, and then there's one for top-down sweaters. Um, and what she does in these books is she gives you um, just a really basic pattern, um, but she gives it to you in a bunch of different gauges. So because I wasn't trying to match a particular gauge when I was spinning for this sweater, I didn't really bother to swatch much as I was deciding how to spin the yarn. I just thought I would spin it and figure out the gauge later. And it turns out that that was really not a good decision 
because I wound up with skein after skein of yarn. I spun that whole fleece, I think, in the same way. And um, so I, you know, I had probably, well, probably 1,500 yards of it, um, maybe more. And um, I just didn't enjoy knitting that yarn that much. And I now can't quite remember what it was I didn't like about it, but I think that this might have been during the phase when I was plying everything with way too much ply twist. So that could have been the problem. Anyway, the point of the story is if I'd actually swatched at the beginning of the process, I could have made adjustments before I'd spun 1500 yards of the, of the yarn. And that's, um, it's a three ply. So that's 4,500 yards of singles. And it would have been better if I had actually swatched um, and had made some adjustments in that yarn. And maybe Matthew would have a hand-spun sweater, which he still doesn't have that sweater. Anyway, tip number two, take good notes, keep your samples handy as you spin. Now, I've said this a bunch of times already in this series on my Via Yante, but I'm going to say it again. You need to do enough sampling and swatching before you settle in to do some serious spinning. And that process will tell you, as I discussed in episode 59, how to set up your wheel and what wraps per inch, twists per inch, and grist you're going to need to maintain throughout your spin. So in order to be able to match these, you're going to need good notes, an unwashed sample of your singles, because remember, you're trying to match them in the unwashed state. So you need an unwashed sample of your singles, and you need a good long plyback test. So take the time to gather these and put them near your wheel. Have a look at them each time you start spinning and check the singles that you're making against the sample singles frequently. And this brings me to tip number three. Tip number three, this is supposed to be fun. Spinning for something like a sweater takes a long time. Abby estimated that she spent 50 hours spinning for the sweater that she made for, um, that she talks about in Get More Spun. Unless you are a much more patient and single-minded person than I am, which would not be hard. Um, you may very well get bored midway through and want to spin something else. And I hereby give you permission to do this. As long as you've made your samples and taken good notes, there's no reason why you can't sort of take a break from your big, long project, spin four ounces of something, you know, different and different colors or whatever, um, and come back to your big project. No reason not to. Spinning is not supposed to feel like the long march of the Red Army. Tip number four. Yes, you really do need to spin all your singles before you ply. I know this is a drag, but it really, really makes a huge difference to the consistency of your yarn when you're spinning a lot of it for a couple of reasons. First, this is something Abby points out, which makes perfect sense. Um, you're going to spin more consistently if you're not constantly switching back between spinning and plying. You're also going to ply more consistently if you do that all at once. So there's that. If chunking it up in that way will um, 
probably lead to better results in each situation, spinning your singles and plying. Second though, even though you're going to be checking your singles against your samples as you spin, they are going to change as the project goes on. So if you spin all your singles and then you ply them together randomly, as I suggest, the differences in your singles are going to be distributed through all of the yarn you spin. Um, but if you, even, and even really minute differences can kind of add up. So if you are spinning and then plying and your singles are slightly different each time, that means each skein is going to be different from every other skein. And um, so you're kind of compounding when you do it that way, you're kind of compounding any small um, changes in the way that you're spinning your singles um, and any small changes in the way that you're plying. So, um, so you're going to have much more consistent results across the whole project if you spin all your singles and then ply them. Um, if you don't have enough bobbins to hold all those singles, and I can hear you saying, wait a minute, Sasha, where, what am I going to do with all those singles? Get yourself some storage bobbins. And I talk about this in episode 12 and a bobbin winder. I review a good inexpensive one in episode 36. And that way you can transfer your singles onto storage bobbins as you go. And you don't need more than a few of the regular bobbins, even if you're spinning a ginormous project. Um, it's really the best way to go. And there are lots of other advantages to um, rewinding onto storage bobbins. I talk about those all in episode 12. So go check that out if you haven't heard it yet. Tip number five, get comfortable and take breaks. Dudes, you got to pay attention to your ergonomics. Make sure your chair is the right height, your posture's good. Be sure to stretch. And I'm going to put a link to a little article on um, stretches uh, and strengthening exercises for hand spinners into the show notes. And really take frequent breaks. Your consistency will suffer if you're tired. And I want you healthy and spinning for a long time to come. If you need another reason to subscribe to Ply, Carson Demmer's column on ergonomics in spinning is an absolute must read. And also, um, if you can get your hands on a cop copy of it, get his book um, on the ergonomics of knitting um, because he is, he's a fiber artist and he's uh, a physical therapist and he knows all the things. And there's tons in the knitting book that is also applicable to spinning. So to sum up, focus on your fabric, take good notes and keep your samples handy, let yourself take breaks, spin all your singles before you ply, and watch your ergonomics. And don't be intimidated by big projects. They really are within the reach of just about any spinner. Now, before I close, I want to give you a quick update on my Via Yante. I knit a big swatch with um, both of the yarns. Um, 
I am on gauge, so that's a relief. And I really um, like both of the yarns, and they are super fun to knit. Um, but they are definitely distinctly different colors. So I need you to do something for me. I have put a picture of the swatch in the show notes for this episode, and you can find those at sheepspot.com slash podcast slash episode 61. I would be eternally grateful if you would head over there and have a look at the picture and let me know in the comments how you would handle the color difference. Should I just proceed as I planned using the cashmere merino silk in the top part of the shawl? Or is the color difference just too maddeningly noticeable? I would love to know what you think. So again, just head over to sheepspot.com slash podcast slash episode 61 and um, leave a comment on that episode and let me know how I should proceed because I need help, folks. It's a, it's a value difference. You know, one is a, just a little lighter than the other. And the thing about value differences is that they are the thing you see from a distance. Like, you are going to note, they're going to be, it's going to be the first thing you notice, a difference in value. So um, anyway, yeah, I just would love to know what you think. Um, while you are at the website, be sure to sign up for the waitlist for the Sheep Spotter Society if you're interested, or even if you think you might be interested. That's also the best way to get information about the four-part video workshop that I'll be releasing in September. You don't want to miss that. That's it for me this week, my darling. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next time with some musings on the state of spinning education. In the meantime, go spin something. All right, sweetie. Bye-bye. <music>